When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Well met, fellow adventurers. After collecting our Christmas gifts, we are now back to adventuring with the Silver Quest. And we've just spent quite a long time showing off the new Spruce Smasher. And we probably wandered around and found some goblins and smashed them. And actually we showed it off. Or something like that. I'm sure there'll be something we could show it smashing. But now, now for, now for something we've been hired to do, rather you know, just freelance goblin smashing. All right, this adventure is called the Stolen Journal, the valuable journal of an illustrious Tysian mage has gone missing. No matter, the Silver Quest, no doubt meaning Sir Crokington, is on the job. Start the adventure. Here we go. An encluttered interior of the Weneve Tavern that has long served as the headquarters of the Silver Quest. You listen with growing indifference as Pritham and Teague, two of your illustrious fellow Silver fellow Quest members, argue ad more naughty about some of the finer and painfully obscure points related to swordsmanship. At last, At last, Pritham holds up his hands and laughs. Despite, despite the seemingly jovial outburst, Eucentius reached the limit of his patience. And so, we will now all bow to the very wisest of swordsmen, who happens to favour the axe. Teak, well done, my friends, says Pritham, rolling his eyes and smirking. Please remind me the next time we're in a fix to toss you a sword. So you can illustrate a few of the grand manoeuvres you quite obviously so know so very much about. Teak, saying nothing, smiles and stands from his chair, tips his hat and shuffles over to the far side of the room, where he promptly resumes working on a damaged portrait. Well, it's very nice of you not to speak up and begrudge our dear friend his little victories, says Pritham. Shaking his head as he turns to you. After all, they mean quite a bit to him. And they are, as I see it, few and far between. But let's not tarry trivialities. There's something I need to discuss with you. Pritham takes you aside, presumably out of earshot of cheek, and asks if you've ever been to a cave known as Overlook Nook. When you tell him that you're familiar with it, I wonder, does this adventure change? 
if you've never been to Overlook Nook before. Uh, well, if it does, or if it's just you can only access it if you've already been to Overlook Nook. I mean, either one, either one is credible, but if you, if you find out about it, go tell me about it on the Swift Discord. You'll find it easily enough. When you tell him that, I mean, it's it's linked on the wiki for a start. When you tell him that you're familiar with it, he nods and says the quest was recently hired to recover a journal. And it was stolen from the study of a prominent Tyson mage. You cry about the identity of the mage, but Python is quick to tell you he's not at liberty to reveal it. I've been asked to keep that a secret, at least from now. I hope you understand. He casts a quick glance over at Teak before continuing in a lowered voice. Not, not the sort of work that you usually comes our way, he says, shrugging. Not everyone around here would agree with accepting such a mission. But well, with things being the way they are, who are we to ignore an opportunity to earn some gold? I accepted a job, of course, and Iskritar managed to track down the thief and trail him through the worst of the wilds, all the way to Fangwidge. Okay, okay, they're, they're doing... The rest of them are doing something, at least, rather than just standing there and arguing. You learn that Iskritar followed the man in possession of the stolen journal to the mouth of Overlook Nook atop Fangwitch. There, your fellow f- fellow quest member and master woodsman ran afoul of the rugged terrain, injuring his leg. He left after stumbling upon a, a bit of loose, slippery ledge. Pritham is quick to assure you that Iskridar is now safe and resting comfortably at the nearby Weg Road Alehouse. But as Harsing as is to know our good friendly companion is safe, it is little to address the job we've taken on. That, as you may have guessed, is where your expertise is required. Pritham tells you that Iskridar who managed to link back to Swithic, was closing in on the thief when a fearsome thunderstorm descended upon Fangwidge. The young man, aware Iskridar was pursued, ducked into low overlook nook, Petun, presumably to take shelter from the storm and evade capture. Hmm. Wait, isn't is that that's the place with goblins? Hmm. May not have ended well for him, but oh well. We'll just see. Will you find him, or just pick it off the corpse? Typical of an arcane spy, if indeed that's what he is, says Pritham. A slippery and no mistake. So our dear friend take a t- takes a tumble, and the thief escapes into a cave. And I dare say he has yet to come back out of it. How do we know that? I mean, it's been a while, because we've had enough time to go from Fangwidge to Twithick. And by the time we get back, that time would have doubled. But, well, I guess for narrative purposes, we just have to assume. What do you ask with him how he knows that the thief? 
The thief is still within overlook. Look, he tells you that Iskwajar told him he saw a large group of cave goblins enter the lair not long after the young man. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, yep, yep, that explains it. He's either... I mean, if there's cave goblins around, he's either hiding very, very well or is very, very dead. I mean, either works for me, really. Quite probable he's dead, says Prithen, shakes his fist. Goblin, no matter. Goblins would have, have very little use for the journal he carried. Should be just a matter of roughing up their lot a bit and making off with the book. Simple enough. I would be paid a while for a handsome sum for retrieving the journal. So what do you think? How should we proceed? Alright, uh, now, you can assign the journals to Prithen Antique. But I'm pretty sure that if only for game, the purposes of actually having an adventure, that you will end up doing it. But what, what if I sign it to Teak? As if we're citing from a well-rehearsed script, Teak begins to detail for you the present set of circumstances that prevent him from being considered for the job at hand. Despite the vague details supporting his claims and the obvious motives behind his embellished list of excuses, you quickly grow aware of what you sense is becoming an argument with no conceivable end. Come on, come on, go, go, show off that sword, sword skills you, you spent so much time bragging about. Use them on the goblins. Okay, and you can axe them too. Assign the job to Pritham. As if reciting from a well-rehearsed script, Pritham begins to detail of you the present set of circumstances that prevent him from being considered for the job at hand, despite the vague details supporting his claims and the obvious motives behind his embellished list of excuses. You quickly won't grow wary of what you sense is becoming an argument with no considerable end. Well, as I suspected... If you want something actually done, you got to do it yourself, apparently. Although, they, they did find where he was, so... I mean, they weren't, they weren't just... They weren't just, in, oh, let's just say, enjoying their retirement. No, they, 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 were, they were doing things, and presumably they've done other things... Between the adventures that isn't featured. Alright, do it myself. Will you show Prithen you'll tackle the job? He nods and smiles. Yes, that'll be for the best. You know your way about that way. That's not to be, uh, if you'll excuse the expression, overlooked. <laughs> Prithen wishes you luck and tells you with every confidence you will return safely to the journal. A few goblins, a cowardly thief, and a lost book, he says, smiling. Well, it may prove to be an adventure, but hardly the worst that you've seen. And I know enough about your exploits to say that, state that as a fact. As Pritham and Teak busy themselves with nothing of any particular importance, you make the necessary preparation before setting out for Fangridge, eager to see what has come of the thief who apparently unwittingly entered the goblin-infested overlook nook. 
There we've got a box. It says to reach Overlook Nook, travel to Terrific in Western Tulsa, and then to Fangridge. You'll find Overlook Nook list listed under nearby locations in Fangridge. All right. Let's just get out out of Twithic. And then we'll make my way. Fangluck Ridge. Nearby locations. Overlook Nook. Visit Overlook Nook. The jagged fissure set into the base of a boulder-strewn hill. Perched atop the upper spine of Fang Ridge. Offers the only known entrance to the cave known as Overlook Nook. Few adventurers have recently reported sighting goblins in this area. Amongst other than Iskridar. So there's definitely goblins around. So I can rest nearby, but I've just turned up, so I don't need to do that. Enter the cave. You're standing just inside the mouth of the cave known as Overlook Nook. A foul stench akin to that of rotting meat fills the damp air of the shadowy, uninviting lair. To the west, a broad corridor gradually descends into darkness. Foul stench pervades the lair, twisting, dark twisting tunnels of the cave. Now and again, you find crude carvings adorning the cave's damp, uneven walls. Well, if I was a goblinologist, those would be of interest to me. But I'm not, so they're not. You're startled when a group of cave goblins suddenly appear out of the darkness ahead. The goblins howl wildly as they charge at you. Four cave goblins begin combat. Swing my club. And no specials that time. That's five rounds, no specials. 17 XP. You stare down at the goblin swoops. Corpses strewn about the tunnel before you set about checking over your gear. A quick search of the slain creatures turns up the following. It's just some it's a generic loot drop. Take the good stuff, leave the bad stuff. Oh, and 13 gold too. Alright, let's see. I'm going along the eastern side. There's a little alcove near the southeast corner. Suddenly, a large cave goblin, clad in a suit of fur armour and brandishing a mace suddenly emerges from the darkness ahead. The cruel creature, its wide, dark eyes fixed on you, snarls viciously as it stalks forward to attack, drawing it over to combat-ready stance. You defiantly prepare to engage the savage humanoid. It's a cave goblin chieftain. Swipes at you with his mace. Two, three rounds, four rounds... Five rounds, still no specials, you've slain your foe. 20 XP. A ragged hiss escapes from the goblin chief's lips as, your as the dying creature slumps the ground, coming to a rest at your feet. The foul goblin creature looks up and fixes you with a hate-filled glare, only a split second before his eyes roll back, in back in into his head and he ingloriously succumbs to death. You quickly search his corpse and find the following. It's just some generic loot to sell later. Oh, and 28 gold. While examining the creature's remains, you find an iron key. Key tied to a frayed length of twine encircling his bloody neck. You promptly take possession of the curious item. 
Please note, the iron key will not appear as a normal item in your inventory. So presumably it's just ha there's just a there's a variable says have found iron key in in overlook cave equals one. And every time it resets it goes back to zero. And then it, you just have the option. And then whatever needs to check again whether you have it, just checks that variable. That's that's uh, slightly easier than programming item than programming in your slightly, slightly easier. A furled length of parchment tucked into the goblin chieftain's hide belt bears a crudely stretched map that includes several nearby towns and villages. You would Study the map for a few moments before discarding it. Having concluded, what, what are they planning? Something? Planning some sort of raid, or just these are the places you shouldn't go? Having concluded your search and recovered from the brutal miller, I have with no desire to linger here. You once again set off through the dark. All right, now making my way to the southwest corner. There's an upside-down T-shaped junction here. Very southwest corner explored. Opposite side of the upside-down T explored. Alcove in the west side. Nothing there. Alright, there's a little circle in the northwest side. You're startled when a group of cave goblins suddenly appear at the darkness ahead. The goblins snarl viciously as they rush at you. Three cave goblins... Alright, that's. Alright, that's two, three, fourteen rounds, still no specials. Fourteen XP. You stare down the goblin corpses strewn across the tunnel before you again set about checking over your gear. A quick search of the slain creatures turns up the following. It's more generic loot to sell later for gold to most of it, presumably be told into it. Turned into residence upgrades, which is at least something you can do with gold. I mean, it's not an infinite capacity, but it's it's enough to do all the gold you're you're going to pick up casually, casually, and during mine and during minor grinding. Of course, if you majorly grind. You'll max out your residence, and then, well, you'll just keep building up gold, apparently. Oh, and 12, 12 gold directly. Eager to resume your exploration of the cave, you once again set off through the gloom. Your eyes and ears alert for the first sign of possible danger. Alright. A large iron-banded wooden chest sits against the wall in this section of the cave passage. The chest is locked, closed and locked. Examine the chest. The heavy lid that tops the sturdy, iron-banded wooden chest is closed and locked. Your eyes are immediately drawn to the, to the small keyhole set into the innate iron plate affixed to the front of the chest. So I, I guess, I, I mean, I could pick the lock. It's, you only you only, it only requires a novice level of feathery because presumably goblins aren't that good at making locks or something like that or just 
I mean, it would be a check, but still. Don't just use the key, since I have the key. The iron key, which you took from the corpse of the goblin chieftain, fits perfectly into the lock. You gently turn the cup, and you hear a soft click from somewhere within the locking mechanism. Then, with great care, you open the chest. The chest contains an assortment of items. You thoroughly examine its contents, careful not to overlook anything. Of course, a lot of the items are utterly useless, and will never do anything that presumably little little goblin knickknacks, which in a sense would be of interest to a goblinologist, but Sir Crokington is not a goblinologist. I don't know any goblinologists I could give them to. I mean, presumably some must exist somewhere. Studying goblinology at the Institute of Goblin Studies. Probably in, in Aspir. Because, I mean, that, that's... Because that, there's, there's a usually, for, for various reasons, academia and majory are highly collorated. So presumably the greatest centre of magical study will be the greatest centre of general studyings. Alright, here's some, there's some more stuff to loot. Including a common spear, which is 16 encumbrance, and you sell it for one gold, so you'll never pick that up. Pretty much. Oh, and three trinkets of 27 gold. Um, once you, once you once you leave here, the treasure will just vanish. Just just does. That's just how it works. At last, ready to continue on your on your way, you check over your equipment before turning away from the chest and cautiously setting off along the cave tunnel. And a poof, the rest of the treasure disappears. I didn't hear any sound, but that's presumably what happened. There was a poof. Because it just disappeared in a puff of not having enough memory space. Right, the very northwest corner. Going around the circle. You're startled when a pair of cave goblins suddenly appear in the darkness ahead. The goblins shriek wildly as they rush forward and attack two cave goblins. The smasher wallops your foe. Okay, I've got... So, I've done 16 damage and had one attack, 16 rounds, got one attack of three. Where could I, I want to wipe these down somewhere. Do I have any little pieces of paper? Oh, I'm going to pause it while I make that down. Ah, uh, I've got that, that's, I've got, I'm winding that down now. Alright, round three finishes it off. Alright, just gonna. You stare down at the goblin's corpses strewn about the tunnel. Before you set about checking over your gear, quick search of the slain creatures turns up some loot. Oh, and 14 gold. Eager to resume your exploration, you once again set off through the gloom. Your eyes and ears alert for the first sign of any possible danger. Alright, now I'm just wandering around. 
I think if the Archive Spy is still around, he's not going to turn up until all the goblins are gone. And if the Archive Spy is dead, I'm not really going to be able to properly look for him until all the goblins are gone. And also, just getting the goblins gone is just something you can gen- generally, generally something to do. Right. Three, you're startled when a group of cave goblins suddenly appears out of the darkness ahead. The goblins snarl viciously as they rush at you. Three cave goblins. I swing my club. They howl wildly as they attack. And your enemy deals you a brutal blow for nine damage. Keep swinging my club. Another five rounds. And no specials that time. Right, and it's the same met 14 XP and the same message you get for winning the other ones. Oh, and five gold too. Alright, just gonna wander around this little map. So you're startled when a no lone cave goblin suddenly appears out of the darkness ahead. The goblin shrieks savagely, it rushes forward and attacks. Well, considering all the goblins are already killed, this is probably for revenge. Because that goblin is probably brothers, brothers, lovers, fathers, who knows. Some sort of relationship with goblins are already killed. Begin combat. Snarls is viciously attacks you and is slain on round two. Didn't last very long at all. Because these are easy peasy fights. Because this, this is uh, this is earlier game content. And it can be earlier. There's nothing stopping you from doing it late. Because this game, the way XP is handed out, you don't end up with either very small or a pittance of XP just because you did the quest later. You stare down at the goblin corpse lying at your feet and set about checking over your gear. A quick search of the same creature turns up some more loot. I want 13 gold. Suddenly, an unnerving quiet suddenly descends upon Overlook Nook. Success. You successfully cleared Overlook Nook. Though you've managed to clear this dungeon, there may or may not be more left to discover here. You can, if you wish, continue to explore Overlook Nook. Overlook Nook will, after a time, reset itself. You'll are like all these other clearable dungeons, allowing you the opportunity to once again explore and clear it. 16 XP to general. It's something. With no further sign of any goblins lurking about, you make a thorough search of the cave and discover a few odds and ends tucked away in the far corners of the shadowy lair. None of it worth picking up. Oh, and six gold. Satisfied you haven't overlooked anything of in of value or importance, you carefully check over your gear before preparing to make your way back out into the light of day. Alright, but where's this arcane spy? Alright, I'm gonna check check all the places. Oh, probably he's probably making his way to the exit even now. So I'm gonna quickly make my way there. Alright, back to the exit, but slowly, just in case. 
suddenly. As you near the mouth of the cave, you suddenly spot a shadowy form darking through the gloom along the opposite wall. Moving quickly, you intercept the slinking figure and find yourself face to face with a young man clad in a mix of leather and cloth armour. A leather pack is strapped to his back. Obviously startled by your sudden appearance, he gasps and asks what it, what it is you're doing here. Did you get rid of all those goblins, he asks. Did you get rid of all those goblins, he asks, speaking in his low, vo- low voice as his eyes scowls when to wait. Are you here looking for me? You are, aren't you? How do you find me? How could you even know where I was? Who sent you? Were you the one who chased me in here? Retaining your position, which is preventing the thief from leaving the cave, you converse with him for several minutes and learn, learn that he was in the process of transversing Fang's Ridge, actively evading a dogged pursuer, Iskridar, who, who would have been tracking him for over a day, when he was suddenly caught in a violent thunderstorm and took refuge in a cave. The cave was empty when I found it, possibly because I'd cleared it out earlier. <laughs> I said, I don't know where the goblins were, but they all arrived soon enough. I managed to stay hidden from them, but I knew it would only be a matter of time before they sniffed me out. I don't even know how long I've been in here. Hold up in, the, in a dark, wet space, barely big enough for a mouse. I was afraid to move. So, who sent you here to find me? Were, were you the one who was following him? Following me? Without acknowledging his question, she demanded he hand over. Over the stolen journal. Well, at first he makes the, makes the attempt effort to pretend not to know what you're talking about. He ultimately abandons the act. And instead, refuses to comply with your demand. I can't give it to you, he says, taking a step back. I've worked too hard to get it, and I need it. As you hurriedly attempt to decide what you're going to do next, you closely watch the young thief, whose eyes and ears continue to scour the surrounding gloom. So I've got some options here. I could attack him. Demand that he give me the journal. Just steal it back. Or use diplomacy. You know what? Random.org, tell me what to do. Yeah, as soon as, as soon as you load, that is. Oh no, it's no longer in my quit. Alright, just gotta. Random.org, probably should have bought this up in advance. Or, you know, paused while I loaded it, but we're only nearly there now. Here we got the four options. It's taking longer than expected. Yeah. I'm going to refresh the page again. Alright, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I need. I mean, I could just. Choose by myself. But then why would I even have Wonder Dog?
There it is. Okay, random number between one and four. Tell me what to do. All right, we're doing two. Apparently, we're gonna we're gonna thief fee the thief. Use thievery. Requires sixty plus. You successfully successfully use your thievery skill. Sixteen XP to thievery. You tell the young thief that you can leave with the book. He seems startled by the sudden change of heart, but he thanks you and swiftly dips into a deep bow, a polite, respectful gesture he will ever after regret. During the bow, in the brief moment his eyes are not upon you, you put your master feathery to work. Stealthily removing a large leather-bound book from his pack, Slipping it in amongst your own belongings. I now have a stolen journal. Let's have a look at it. This large leather-bound journal is the book you would cut retrieved from the Fifil Overlook Nook. The journal is an exhaustive record of a magical research done by a powerful Tysian mage. Those names you were never told. The mage in question hired the Silver Quest to track down the thief and recover the journal. An intricate glyph is emblazoned on the book's thick leather cover. Alright. Before departing, the young man asks, thanks you for allowing him to leave the journal. He tells you he's going to sell the book for a considerable sum of gold. Enough to pay off the man to whom the gold is owed. It's a very dangerous thought, he says. Time isn't the ally, I'm afraid. But if I hurry, all of this... Might just turn out for the best. You know, until he realises he doesn't have the journal anymore. And then, oh, he's going to have a bad time. With that, the thief thanks you and wishes you well before turning. And without... And without wait... And without another word, making his way out of the cave. Unsure how long it would take him to realise he's no longer in possession of the journal, you linger near the mouth of the, ca- the cave for only a couple of minutes until you're certain he's gone. Like, I assume he's going to turn up, go, turn up to some sort of, uh, I assume a fence, yeah, a fence, trying to who's going to sell the journal, and then he's going to realise, oh no. I don't have it anymore, and I am ruined. At last, happy to head back to Twithick, and the relative comfort of your of the headquarters of the Silver Quest, you prepare to make make your way out of and away from Overlook Nook. Several hours after leaving Overlook Nook, you once again find yourself in the relative comfort and safety of Silver Quest headquarters in Twithick. Prithran was elated when he returned with the journal, immediately takes possession of the book, telling you that he will have it delivered to his expectant owner. Well, I don't... They are no longer carrying the stolen journal. You make one last attempt attempt to get Prithran to reveal the name of the mage whose journal if if he knows it. But he simply... Simply shakes his head in response. If I could tell you that, which, which I can't, I would tell you it was Bodoraf of Nightgrove, he says, murking. Well, there now, I've done it. 
that can go no further than this wound, mind. Yes, old Brethrath nearly ended up in a bad way over this book. In all honesty, I find it hard to find sympathy for him. But he is a most generous client. Which, by the way, reminds me now. Who is Bodorath of Nightgrove? Among the most powerful, esteemed, and would some would say, in famous of his magic-wielding brethren, Brithwood of Nightgrove is perhaps the most accomplished living mage in all of Tysa, residing in a remote and heavily protected Nightgrove tower. The elderly Baldorf principally spends his days chronicling the history of magic on Swift, including his own considerable achievements in the mystical arts. Time and again, Beldraff has sound himself victim of thefts by arcane spies, who have often been in the employ of other sorcerers seeking to acquire some of the vast arcane knowledge locked away within Nightgrove Tower. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate. What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. All right. Snare will retrieves a wooden chest, and from it pays you the largest share, by far, of the gold which Beldwarf paid to the Silver Quest for taking on his stolen journal. Five thousand gold tokens. And now I don't feel quite so bad about whatever's going to happen to that, to the, to the found thief. Due to the power of gold. Now that we're settled with that, Time to get rid of this book, he says. Well done, Sir Crokington. Having hoped someone like Beldorath is certain to bolster our already legendary reputation. Not that it needs much bolstering mind, but well, I think you know. Well, admittedly, a lot of our, our most legendary deeds are the sort of things that no one knows about. So having having a f- famous deed which we, which is going to be well known will help. As Prithian shuffles off to tend to the last details of the job, you take a seat by the fire and stretch your legs 
eggs out towards its smouldering wharf. Eager to forget about caves and goblins and stolen books for the time being, you close your eyes and drift off into a peaceful, dreamless slumber. And that ends this adventure for 384 experience to general. You know what? Let's move on to the next one. Adventures for this location. The Captive. Who is Gildra of West Warren? Start the adventure. Embark on this adventure. Sometimes, only sometimes, mind. I think I can hear his voice around this old place as Prithen. Clearing off a corner of the cluttered table to set down his own steaming mug of palo. I often wonder what's become of him. What's become of them? They're, they can't be lost. They're all too wily for it to have come to that. I think that one day, perhaps sooner than we think, we'll see them all again. Don't you think so? For the past several minutes, you've listened politely as, as Prithun in his typical penchant for nostalgic moving as recounted more than once the adventures and events leading up to the departure of Windor and Helene. The image of your companions stepping into the fire-winged portal as they went off in search of Nirith and Terok is one you will never forget. Both Prithen's words and tone seem to suggest that she feels guilty for not having more, done more to keep to keep them from going. Well, well, as you all know, you can't really stop Window. When you're carrying him, you're also confident you'll see them again. He nods, smiles, and sits down at the table. With his rugged hands firmly gripping the steaming vessel, he takes a long sip of his paleo. An awkward silence of nearly a minute follows, during which you find your thoughts drifting back to the fateful moment you parted ways with your companions. With a mix of fondness and grief, you recall the moment you, Prithin and Isquidar, parted with Wundu and Elaine. After only a few minutes, it is time to part ways with Wundu and Helene, you, Isquidar and Prithun. Bid the brave pair a sad farewell, and wish them luck and safety on their perilous endeavour that lies ahead. Now, of course, they had to do this, because for some people who were doing this, it would have been years since the end of Proving Grounds 5. So they may well need a bit of a bit of a jogging of their memory. Uh, for, for me, it's been a, been a few months and I've also played for it uh, eight times. Yeah, eight times now. So it's quite, it's quite, quite, th- quite, quite remembered now. And I, and I wish the three of you luck as well, says Windle. You may yet find remnants of our enemy's shadow, perhaps in unexpected places. Do I pray our beloved world has seen the last of all of this? Iskadar and Prithen step up to Windle, and each in turn meet their long-time friend and leader in a solemn shoulder cross. They then turn and repeat the gesture with Elaine. You do the same. If the opportunity should arise, says Windle, thoughtfully stroking his chin, seek 
see if you can somehow extend my sincere apologies to Teak. And see if he might not think again of donning the tabard. He was a good man, Sir Crokington. Good man by all measure. Tell him I was wrong. Take care of yourself, Sir Crokington and Sir Elaine, as the three of you prepare to depart. If I'm ever back this way, well, I'll try to see if I can cross paths with you. I like nothing more. Farewell. Wendell closes his eyes and motions with his left hand. His entire body trembles and his eyes open as he gives a discontented sigh. He repeats the procedure and this time the crackle of fire fills the dome chamber as a wide, flame-weaved portal opens against the wall. Flame-weaved. That presumably means it goes to a very nasty place indeed. This is nearly identical into the portal in which the Demon Lord and Trollock were drawn. Helene steps towards the portal and turns to face you all one last time as she arrives at the threshold. She nods and waves and steps into the fiery vortex and is lost from sight. Wundor exhales sharply and strides up to the portal. Like Helene before him, he turns and nods to the three of you and takes one last look around at the gloomy dome chamber, as if it is the last view he will ever have of this world. Someday, he says in a low voice, shifting, shifting his gaze to each of you in turn. Someday again. Someday again, for certain. With this final word still ringing in your ears, Windle steps into the portal and disappears. Fireweave Neville Gate closes silently behind him. Your thoughts suddenly return to the present. Some day again, for certain, says Quiffin, his eyes fixed on the dark, steaming li- liquid lapping gently at the sides of his mug. That's what he said, and I choose to believe he meant it, but enough of that. One could only afford to linger in the past for so long. After all, there are matters of the present to which, to which we must attend. And, as so often happens, something of that sort has just come our way. Pritham reaches into a pile of clutter and it dominates the centre of the table and retrieves a sheath dagger. He draws and brandishes the unremarkable blade before dipping it back into the sheath and setting it back upon... Back upon... Back back onto the table. Perhaps the last worldly possession of Gildra of West Warren, he says. Gildra, it would seem, is a wanted man. He was acting as a liaison between a band of gibbons and a small syndicate of goblin fences. Yes, and these are... Okay, there's a law book entry for those. Goblin fences. A goblin fence is a term used to describe a goblin, of any variety, who serves as a liaison of sorts between humans and goblins, or even less desirable creatures such as trolls and ogres, while trading or dealing with goblins, or trolls and ogres for that matter, is outlawed throughout the entirety of the North Broadlands. The practice does go on, but secretly. Goblin fences are frequently used by 
both humans and goblins in exchange of goods, often stolen and services often illicit, that would otherwise prove unobtainable by either group. Alright, now you know what a goblin fence is. He apparently ran afoul of the human side of that dastardly proposition and is now being held captive. I have no love for his possession in mind. I would normally go far out of my way to avoid associating with Urk. But something about all of this seems different. In any case, we've been hired to rescue him. For reasons unknown, Prithen picks up the dagger he's just placed on his table and tucks the sheathed weapon into his belt. Unable to resist the urge to exercise your authority, as given to you by Windu upon his departure, you ask Prithen what the rescue of a nefarious human from the clutches of other equally unscrupulous men has to do with the business of monster slaying. He smirks and shakes his head. Quite right, he says, gingerly sipping at Slurpee's pedo. I do hope you haven't been listening too much to Teak. Or Iskidar, for that matter. They already said much the same. But surely you have no desire to turn your back. Turn the back of the Silver Quest. On someone who's willing to pay us to, Prithen apologises and stands to meet you in a shoulder cross. What I mean to say, Sir Crokinson, is asking you to consider accepting this job. I dare say I've been a bit presumptuous of late. When you inquire about the identity of the party willing to pay the silver quest to rescue the captured human goblin liaison, Britain tells you he's not entirely certain. The man who hired us, that is, who's attempting to hire us, does not seem the sort to make alliances with someone like the Gildor fellow. For what I've heard, Gildor has other talents that serve him in a capacity well apart from his rather reprehensible line of work that has landed him in the current predicament. But apart from that, I suppose, I really know very little. I've been asked not to reveal his identity, so I'm afraid I must refuse even you on that matter. You, you then ask Prithwin about the dagger now tucked into his belt, specifically how he came to be in possession of it, and what is supposed to be done with it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure, he says, again placing the sheath blade on the table. Well, perhaps it would be best if we were to give it back to him. Once we rescued him, that did. The man who hired us gave it to me, thinking it might help in some way. Though I confess I don't see how it could. Well, it's a fine sort of weapon. So, I can tell him the quest will accept the job or not accept the job. What happens if you do that? Uh, if you if you don't accept the job, you there's no adventure. And then you just move on to the next... On to, on to the next... You move on to the next adventure. But... I think you want to see what happens, so the quest will accept the job. Pritham again meets you in the shoulder cross. Will you tell him the quest will accept the job of rescuing the human goblin liaison? As he begins to go over the particulars of the mission, you're surprised to learn that captive in question, Gildor of West Warren, is being held in Blue Moss Cave, a lair near Talonus with which you are already familiar. Well then... That certainly helps us simplify things, this Britain. 
After listening to you relate details of previous exertion in the cave. Yes, that simplifies things very nicely. Here, you best take this. After looking over the sheath dagger one last time, Prithvan hands the weapon to you as Gildra's dagger. It's got a melee rating of three, and it provides three luck, which is a pretty big deal. That's enough luck to maximise my luck, if I were to equip it. So, this was the dagger given to you by Prithen, who decided that you should return the dagger to Gildra after you rescue him. The dagger was given to Prithen by the mysterious man who hired the Silver Quest to rescue the captured human goblin liaison. This weapon is, of course, of magical quality. How else could it boost your luck? While going over the various details of the mystery with Pritham, you learn that a group of bandits has taken up residence in Blue Moss Cave again and are holding captive the human go- goblin liaison, Gildor of West Warren. When you politely inquire about how he came to know about the technology, he merely smiles. You haven't forgotten, have you? There's more to me than meets the eye, dear friend. Or so I should hope to think. Source is quite close to me. Source is seldom wrong. Told me all about it. These same sources paint a very unsettling picture of Gildra. Gildra's likely fate, I'm afraid. We merely mustn't delay. Having agreed the job must be undertaken at once, Pritham is quick to suggest that you wound up any supplies you might need before setting out. Glancing about the cluttered interior of the Silver Quest headquarters, you're hardly surprised to notice both Teak and Isquidar conveniently absent. While well, I can attempt to assign a job to him, Prithens is taken aback. We suggest he tackle the rescue and quick, quick to point out that you already possess knowledge about the surrounding terrain and the cave itself. A few mangy bandits will be just the sort of thing to keep you in practice, he says. Slapping on the shoulder as he swallows the last of his paler. And, well, if I want to be quite honest, I shudder to think of the state of this place. Iskudar and Teak were left to their own devices without me to keep after them. Just think of it. I dare not. You quake a quick look at the mounds of clutter filling the interior of the renovated tavern and roll your eyes. Having decided here and now, now to take on the job yourself. Proof describes to you, based on what he's told, Gildor of West Warren. You listen intently as he details the young man's appearance, down to his long, straight, waving locks. He just, he looks just like one might expect a fellow out of West Warren to look, he says, frowning playfully. I've never said it before, said it before, and I will be the first to admit that such utterances are usually foreign to me. But seldom has anything good turned out of a place like West Warren. I very much doubt that this guild will prove an exception. One could always hope, of course. At length, you bid Pritham farewell and prepare to strike out, strike out at once for Blue Moss Cave, realizing that any significant delay may well prove detrimental for the success of your mission, not to mention the life of your of the missing liaison. If you don't find him alive, some proof of this demise will have to do, says Pritham. 
it would be a grim conclusion, and not one we could truly consider a victory. There isn't much we can do do to stay the hand of fate. Oh, and don't forget to give him his dagger. Well, good luck. Stay safe. I won't rest easy until you're back with us. With that, you make your way out of the quest headquarters, and after making the necessary operations, embark on a long, potentially perilous trek back to Blue Moss Cave. Thankfully, the journey to Blue Moss Cave proves both swift and uneventful. As you approach the cave, winding your way through the thick of the surrounding forest, your mind focuses on the task immediately at hand to find and rescue Gruldra of West Warren. Oh, and this, and this, it, this is one of those clearable dungeons, and I'm sure we've done this before, Sir Croakington. So I'll just pause it while we do the we playable part. All right, we've cleared, cleared out all the bandits. Now, see, we've got a suddenly. As you're making your way out of the cave, you suddenly hear angry voices from somewhere in the darkness ahead. Dowsing your light, you fall back into the shadows and watch as a pair of bandits appear around a bend in the passage, dragging along a small, smaller, struggling figures. His hands and legs bound with thick rope, listening intently as the two brigands speak hurriedly to one another. You discern they are attempting to flee the cave with their captive. Realising at once the struggling figure being dragged along the corridor is the man you've come here to rescue, Gildra of West Warren, you immediately begin to formulate a plan of action. Without warning, one of the bandits turns and deals Gildra a savage blow with the back of his hand. The raven-haired captive grunts in agony and collapses onto the floor of the cave. Keep still, says the other bandit, who flashes his cohort. Disapproving look. I thought I heard something. It's no good to us now, says the man who struck the blow, his voice low and clear. If we let him go, or we get rid of him, it's not coming with us. See, everything suddenly made up his mind, the other brigand draws his sword and, look, and turns to look down upon, upon the ba- bound liaison. Hudra struggles to get to his feet was kicked to the ground by the man who hit him only a moment ago. Realising the men intend to kill him, you spring into action. There are quite a few options here. Archery. Shadow magic. 70 plus. Telekinesis 60 plus. Fevery 50 plus. Or illusion 50 plus. Or I could just attack them. You know what? Random.org. Tell me what to do. Oh, we're doing option four, which is thievery. Successfully use your thievery skill. Eight, experience of thievery. You steal silent through the gloom and move up on scene behind the unsuspecting bandits. A pair of swift, well-placed bow blows and both brigands collapse into the cave floor, where they rapidly slip into unconsciousness. With nothing more to fear from the two bandits, you rush to Gildra's side. 
Gildrot, whose battered and bloodied face betrays the ill treatment he's received at the hands of his captors, mutters several prayers as you cut the ropes that bind him, then help him regain his feet. Leaning against you, still not quite able to maintain his balance, he thanks you repeatedly, telling you he fears his days at last come to an end. I didn't want to die in there, he says. I didn't think that kill me, but well, things went a bit awry. I always thought myself too cautious to fall in a ba- into a bad way like this. Where do you introduce yourself and tell the human goblin li- liaison? Liaison that you're here on half the Soda Quest. We've been hired to rescue me. Stared you in wonder. Who hired you? I don't understand. You meant. You mean to say that? Oh, never mind. I'm too grateful to be alive to worry over any of that. When, when you inform Gaudra that your only goal of your mission was to see him freed from his captors, he seems profoundly relieved. In a matter of moments, he's able to stand on his own and walk without assistance. It looks as if the ill effects he suffered at the hand of his captors will not prove permanent. With your help, Gildron locates most of his gear that was taken by the goblins. He seems particularly happy to recover a crude dagger, which he promptly tucks into his belt now. If you don't mind, I think you should get out of here, he says. Well, should I give him his dagger or not? Well, I might as well. I mean, I'm not going to be equipping it. Even if I want to boost luck, I'll just equip equip the quick-stab dagger. So, which combined with... Which combined with the phantom weapon bonus will get... Will get luck up to... We'll get the we'll get luck up up to twenty anyway. So give him his dagger. Gildred was surprised when you produced the dagger given to him by Pritham and handed it to him. He thanks you and tells you the weapon is very dear to him. He also tells you he'd feared it was forever lost. How did you come across this? He asked, suddenly flashing a suspicious eye. Well, never mind. Who am I to question the likes as you? Thank you, thank you a hundred times again. As the two of you make your way out of the now deserted clay cave, you ask Gildor about his recent predicament and about where he will go from here. I've been in spots like this before, he says, shrugging. Not quite as bad as that, I'd admit, but bad enough. I don't think I was getting out of that one, though. I owe you more than simple gratitude, for now that would have to suffice. I will repay this favour, though. That I promise, Sir Crokerton. Where from here, I can't really say. Some place where no one knows me would be nice. Once outside, outside the cave, Gildor continues to talk. You're not entirely certain he's aware of all he's revealing to you. When he makes mention of Farwither, a small settlement on Tysa's eastern frontier that fell victim to a goblin raid several years ago and alludes to his indirect involvement in a gruesome fate. You suddenly find yourself looking at the young man in a whole new light. Now there's a, there's law for Farwither. Farwither, the remote settlement of Farwither, situated on eastern on Tysa's eastern frontier, was destroyed by a band of marauding cave goblins several years ago. 
The goblins that wazed Farwither, killing nearly all its residents, were later hunted down and slain by a group of Tyson border rangers working alongside the Troll Hunter. Troll Hunter and his band of rugged horse, rugged huntsmen. More things the Jig's done. The attack on Farwither has ser- has continued to serve as a fresh reminder to all those across the North, Woodla- North Broadlands of the deadly, ever-pleasant pre- peril that haunts the untamed wilds of the world. Gilderob tells you he was tasked by a particularly unsavoury clan of goblins that hired him to locate a man who had betrayed them. You learn that the liaison tracked the man in question to Farwither and promptly relayed his news to the goblins. I had no idea they would do what they did, he says, shaking his head and shrugging. I don't know why I'm telling you this, actually. I suppose it's because I never told anyone about it. Stuck with me, of course. Sometimes I can't get to sleep. Sleep for it. Never been back back that way. Don't think I could face that. Gilder's strange admission about his indirect involvement with the attack on Farwither fills you with strong emotions. Emotions. Your sympathy with the young man for the terrible burden that will weigh upon his weigh upon his soul for the rest of his life is tempered by your abhorrent strain for his disdain for his treachery against his fellow humans. And I mean it I mean what was it for? I mean I mean we didn't have to <laughs> Treachery that led to the deaths of nearly every man, woman and child in Farwither. As if sensing Eternal conflict and regretting his imprudent concession. Gilda suddenly and somewhat nerf- nervously tells you you must be on his way. Thank you again, Sir Crokington. I won't forget this. I found some way to repay you, I promise. As the young man prepares to set off, the horrific tales you've heard about the events in Farwither continue to churn through your thoughts. Struggling to quell your rising raid, you quickly decide his fate. You're certain the Silver Quest would have never consented to taking part in his rescue had his past been known. So, I can use divination for more information. I can attack Gildra, give him a stern warning, which honestly, I don't think he's going to care much about it. I mean, he's a goblin fence. Once you're a goblin fence, you don't care what other people think about you. And yes, okay, theoretically I could threaten him, but I go I go all over the place. It's very it's very unlikely that if he does anything that I'll be able to do anything about it for months or even years. And of course, considering the things he do leave no witnesses at all, I likely would never know. So that stern warning doesn't mean anything. Or I could allow him to leave. Just hoping he doesn't screw it up again. Alright, anyway, what does divination give me? 
succeeded. You channel your power divination and make several attempts to determine whether or not Gildor is, is telling you the truth about his involvement in the attack on Farwith. And it also gets me 8 XP to divination. Although his mind proves exceedingly difficult to read, you ultimately sense what, part, what he has told you is true. To say that he feels a little remorse for his part in the tragedy. So... Ooh, little remorse. Now the thing is, that's probably the only thing that would... The guilt is probably the only thing that would stop him from doing something like that again. The thing is, that's his trade. His trade is being a goblin fence. And presumably if one goblin clan was to ask him to find someone who... To find a man who betrayed them and lead to an entire to entire entire village just being wiped out then it could there's a fairly decent chance it could happen again so yeah yeah i can't i just i just cannot risk it i cannot risk such a man wandering around free to betray humanity once again so I'm going to attack him. Crying out in alarm, Gildra stumbles back and draws out his dagger, which I just gave to him as he struggles to fend off with a swift and sudden assault. Begin combat with Gildra. Now I could subdue him, but... Really, that would just be a slightly more painful version of the stern talking to. So he has to die. Because this is the only chance, really, to deliver him to justice. Because the thing is, regular justice won't work on him. Because he prob- he already, just, just one of the things he already did, he pro- would have death sentences on him. So, he's evaded reg- justice for that. So, presumably, he could evade justice for the attack on fire with that. Nope, nope, he... He has to die. Kill your enemy. Gildra swipes at you with his dagger. I use my special sword. And I go into battle rage and four. Just took four rounds to finish him off. And he is slain. 8 XP. Your final body stends Gildra's bloodied, lifeless body Rolling to the ground. Stepping back from his corpse, you spend a few moments cautiously surveying your immediate surroundings and checking over your equipment. Then, with your heartbeat slowing and your breathing once more settled into a calm, familiar pattern, you move to examine the body of the slain liaison. A thorough search of Gildor's body turns up the following. It's got an exceptional dagger. It's some it's some rather high quality stuff. It will sell, but it's high quality but all mundane. After making certain you haven't overlooked anything, you step back from his remains and prepare to make your way out of it. Wait a minute, where's the dagger I just gave him? Yeah, well, I guess that wasn't factored in that you could give him the, the dagger. 
and then kill him. Oh, well. Later, days later, back in Twithick, in the headquarters of the Silver Quest, upon returning to Adderstone, you immediately make your way to the headquarters of the Silver Quest, where you announce the conclusion of your mission. Teak and Iskadar, who were obviously happy to have you safe and bound, seem largely indifferent to the outcome of your rescue to Silver Quaid, and perhaps even a little resentful was ever carried out at. Despite this, I'm believing it's, be- it's for the best to provide a true and full account of what occurred. You will relate the adventure in its entirety to your companions. When you tell them about Gildra's death, only Prithrin seems to have any noticeable reaction. He winces slightly before slowly nodding, as if to signal he does not entirely disapprove of your actions. Seems a fitting end to that wat, says Isquidar, glancing in turn at Teak and Prithon. No good ever comes from consulting with Gops. Okay, sometimes good comes. I mean, we, we, we stopped the Necromancer Wedcoat that one time. I think that's all that needs to be said about that. Well done, my friend. Your fellow members of the Silver Quest resume their various tasks of, of somewhat dubious importance. You settle in next to the fire, content to put the events of your recent adventure behind you. No sooner have you begun to doze, does Priffin pull a chair up to the hearth and sink into it. His eyes fix you with a curious look. It's all for you, he says, handing you a bag full of gold. Getting Gilders. Gilder away from his cat is really important enough to warrant that tidy little sum. But I suppose it doesn't really matter now. Not really. I got 500 gold tokens. Prithen size, and for a moment, just a moment, you almost believe you're looking at Windle. You quickly chalk the in- inane notion onto fatiguing, probably discarded. I don't know anything more about this. I'd left the scoundrel to his captors, he continues shaking his head. I promise to be a bit more discerning in the future about the sorts of jobs I seem to so readily accept. You're sure you don't blame him for the turn of events involving Gilder's rescue. He smiles and nods. As he stands, he places his hand on his shoulder and thanks you. He then moves off to tend to a heap of his own gear that appears ready to slide off the table, already piled high with clutter. A general leeriness. Combined with the heat spilling off from the off from the fireplace, serves to make your eyelids increasingly heavy, as you slowly drift into slumber, content to put aside all of the thoughts and concerns. A peaceful melody slips softly into your ear. It's Prithen's gentle song, half hummed from the far side of the womb, that ultimately lulls you to sleep. And that ends this adventure. So, in a way, at least. With 384 experience to general and 32 experience to all skills and powers. And the next one has been unlocked. It's called Marked. The barely legible note tacked to the inside of the door makes mention of a task of no small urgency to be undertaken at a nearby farm. Yet another job your fellow's fellow quest members have apparently seen fit to cast your way but that will be for next time but until then 
Farewell, fellow adventurers. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.